This is the Grind, Sell, and Elevate podcast by Tizer Evans, where we do a deep dive on how to stay driven, how to be a top-tier salesperson, and how to elevate the quality of your life. Thanks for joining me today on Grind, Sell, and Elevate. My name is Tizer Evans. Today, I've got a real treat for you guys. We're going to be speaking with Marcus Ogden, who is a former NFL football player, now turned executive coach, keynote speaker, and overall great human being and motivator. Marcus and I go through the trials and tribulations of what happened to him when he left the NFL, how he rebounded and turned his life around and now is making an impact across the country, motivating young people, helping executives turn around their business and really making an impact on the world. If you guys haven't done so, please subscribe to the podcast. Drop me a five-star review. It allows more people to be able to find the podcast. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think. Tag me on social media at Tizer Evans. Let me know that you're listening. And lastly, if you'd like to work with me for a one-on-one sales consulting or in a group setting, head over to my website, TizerEvans.com. Hit the consulting page, fill out the information, and let's work together. But without further ado, here's my conversation with Marcus. All right, I'm live with Marcus Ogden. How you doing, Marcus? Well, well, Todd. How about yourself, my friend? Good, man. I'm super excited to talk to you. It's not uh, very often I get to talk to ex-professional athletes, so uh, so it's always a, a, a warm pleasure. Although I did get a chance to talk with Desmond Clark a little bit last week. Um, oh, I know guys, Desmond. Yeah, I, know. Pro- I, I used to co- I I, uh, I coached Desmond. Oh, you did. Uh-huh. Oh, very cool. Yeah, well, he, he's, my, he's my coaching client. He's a, he's a great speaker, doing a lot of great things uh, as well. Um, but short of you two, I'm not going to talk to a lot of guys from the league. So it's uh, so always good, man. But I'll turn it over to you to introduce yourself, uh, let everybody know who you are, where you came from, what you're about. Yeah, my name is Marcus Ogden. I'm from Washington, D.C. I currently now live in Raleigh, North Carolina with my wife and two daughters. I played in the NFL for almost six seasons, six years total. I got out of that business and got to construction made a lot of money, built an eight-figure business, and I lost it all in 2013, made a really bad mistake in 2012. I trusted a client that I, I should not have, and I ended up getting over-leveraged, and I had to file a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, moved down to Raleigh, only had $400 to my name, and I ended up working a couple of different jobs, being fired from two jobs in the same week, and I took a job tizer as a custodian, making $8.25 an hour on the graveyard shift, then I had a pivotal life-changing moment, said, I'm going to become a speaker. And I started my speaking career in 2013, September. Didn't get a paid job until April 2016, two and a half years, not one paid job. Finally got my first paid job, Tizer, for Miller Mott College in Wilmington, North Carolina. And I haven't looked back since. I've worked for, it'll be 19 Fortune 500 companies uh, tomorrow when I complete my job for Goldman Sachs. I did Mutual of Omaha yesterday. I have some very phenomenal clients that are in food service to technology, to IT, to retail, to financial, to insurance, but very fortunate that we have had a very large growing brand the last few years and all of our clients are amazing. Without them, we'd have no business. Right. Well, thank you for uh, that intro. Is that, it's a lot to unpack. Uh-huh. It's, it's a lot to unpack. So I guess maybe the, the best place to start is he's, all, he's also have written um, I know, a couple books, right? 
Correct. I've written two books, uh, Sleepless Nights and then, uh, The Success Cycle. So, and I know that you talked a little bit about how Sleepless Nights was one of the ways to kind of put yourself back on the map and kind of enter the speaking game. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, um, leaving the, the NFL and how was that transition for you going in and, and starting construction? And was that a hard uh, shift mentally? Oh, it was absolutely tough ties because I was so used to being an athlete, playing football, going to meetings, waking up, training table, I had been doing that since I was, what, 13 years old when I was a freshman in high school. So not having that was absolutely really hard for me. And it made it where I didn't know how to adjust well. I didn't transition well. I wasn't prepared. And for about six months, times, I was hooked on alcohol, uh, painkillers, pain everything bad just to get through my day. That's what it was like. That's what I felt like. And I literally put myself into a very downward spiral until I found my construction company about six months later. So started the construction company. I'm just curious why that avenue? Great question. I actually just started Tides because I wanted to make money. Uh, I had a little bit of knowledge about it from going to a course at USC for development, but I was in Baltimore. There was a huge need for minority contractors in the city. And I went to an event at Morgan State, which is a historical black college in Baltimore. And I heard Congressman Elijah Cummings, who was a very good friend of Barack Obama's, he was a congressman from Maryland, say that someone in this room will be the next great minority contractor, creating their own table, doing their own business, taking care of their own ways, leading the charge. And I was excited to have that be me. And I took the plunge, did it, and had massive success the first few years. But unfortunately, no one told me the old wise tale, don't get mesmerized by your early success. Mm. Because if you do, all can come crashing down. Yeah, you see that often. You get that success, and then you start to take your foot off the gas pedal a bit and um, start to coast, and then things can start to untangle a bit. Is that kind of what, a little bit of what happened? Oh yeah, I mean, that was just an, an untangle. I got to a point where I did take my foot off the gas. I became one of the most arrogant, egotistical, self-centered owners I can ever think that I've been around. And everything I did was about me, me, me. It wasn't about the team, it wasn't about the clients, it wasn't about the work. It was about putting money in Marcus's pocket, making Marcus feel good, making Marcus feel that he could be the king of the ship. And eventually, when you have that type of ego, and if you're not careful to fix it quickly, it will seep in and become a culture in which that's exactly what happened to us. And then my best employee, he left. And then when everybody else picked up on my negative habits, it was just a matter of time before the whole thing came crashing down. Well, thanks for sharing that, uh, Marcus. And I, I guess it's going to pivot me to my next question is I know you have a, a four-step process to real leadership. And I, I would guess that probably a lot of the steps that you, you've learned and you teach now are derived from having that negative experience when it came to leadership. Can you talk to us a little bit about what your four-step process is to, to real leadership and maybe how that uh, going through that, you know, kind of uh, inspired you to, to take accountability and move forward? Sure. The first step is ambition. You must set goals. You must figure out what you want to do with your life. You have to always be setting, striving, and reaching for the best. The second one's going to be drive. You have to be inspired over motivated. What mm -hmm. I mean by that is 
You have to actually put forth the effort and go through and do the hard things, push through the adversity, go through all the negativity, deal with all the naysayers, all the things that all of us deal with when we're trying to work towards the finish line. If we don't have drive, we will eventually burn out, Tizer, plain and simple. The next one is hard work. Focus on yourself, not the competition. Like you said before that, uh, we started, we have a lot of social media channels. I think that's great, but social media can be a gift and a curse if you're not really focused on being wholehearted, being authentic, being real, giving people value. Don't get caught up in all the fake stuff, like all the trips and travels to cars, all the stuff that you really have no idea if that's really someone's life or they're just renting that life for the day to make you think that they have it and make you feel that you should not be doing what you need to do because you then take your eye off the ball. And the last part is this repeat. Set it again. So you achieve a goal, set a new goal. And that's what happened to me with Caden. I was my old construction company. I set a goal, I achieved a goal, and I stopped. Can the largest African-American subcontract in the city of Baltimore, state of Maryland? How? And I stopped. As a result of that, the only place I could go was down. Would you, I want to stay on, on goal setting a bit because I think it's important, uh, especially someone who's been a high achiever. You know, it's, it's no, uh, it's incredible. You started an eight-figure company from the ground up, though. I mean, obviously, it didn't end the way you wanted, but it's still a hell of an achievement. And most people who start a business never, never get to even seven figures. Um, so, how important is goal setting to you, and how do you go about tactically setting and laying out your goals? So for me, goal setting is everything. So what I like to do is I like to set my goals annually and I like to track them quarterly. I always look at things I've done each week, each month, but I keep that in line. I don't get higher low. I keep a very even keel balance. I call it being cognitive, not emotional. And I look at my goals and I say, okay, did I achieve this this week? Did I achieve these things this month? So I can look at how I, I look at my goals and I would set goals of three, I like to look at everything quarter one, goal one, quarter one, goal two, quarter one, goal three. That way it's very manageable. Most people I feel fail when it comes to reaching goals because they try to set goals too big and then they don't manage them properly. They don't keep their eye on them properly. And then what happens is you end up being in a spot where you're not achieving goals because you're basically just always trying to chase goals that are too big. So yeah, I, I could definitely see that. Um, and I think, you know, maybe you could talk on this a bit better than I can, but I think one of the biggest aspects to goal setting and being able to accomplish your goals is having accountability, right? And you have to be accountable for what you're doing is tracking and, and measuring your results. You know, in your perspective, you know, why do people have such a hard time holding themselves accountable? Because it's easy to blame somebody else. When I lost my company, Tizer, it was easy to blame my partner the contractor, the developer, my employees. It felt good for me to shift the blame. But until I was able to accept and own the blame, my life was a living hell. I literally was just barely getting by. I was fired from two jobs. I was in terrible shape. I didn't work out at all. My eating habits were, were really bad. I didn't take care of myself. I didn't take care of my teeth, my body, all these different things. And then, you know, when I had that moment of accountability, now I was still dirt poor because I had lost everything, but at least I had the respect of saying, okay, Marcus, it was your fault. 
-hmm. wasn't the clients, wasn't your partners, wasn't your employees. It was your fault. And once that started to happen, things started to open up for me a little bit. And, you know, I, we, my team, myself, we all have worked very hard these last few, uh, you know, years. Mm -hmm. But in the last, I'll say, 2019, 20 into this year, we really hit a stride because we were out ahead of people with the social media positive positioning to help us get to a better level. But again, I think it's easy for people to shift blame because it makes you feel good and feel better when you can blame somebody else when things go wrong. Yeah, I think that that uh, is rampant right now across all society. Um, you know, I can't, I can't open, I can't open Facebook without see people fighting over something. Um, to, to your point, you know, it's, it's, it's great to use social media, but not at the detriment of, you know, your mental health. Well, I mean, it's not great to use social media as a way to create disharmony or a way to create, you know, blame of others or shame others to make yourself feel better. So you think that you could be you know, a social media guru or a social media superstar. Well, unfortunately, that's not the way it should work. And social media was not designed, in my opinion, for that. It was designed to actually help you get ahead, get attention to your brand in a positive way, and always push the needle forward. That's what I feel social media should be used for. Yeah, I'm totally aligned with that. Yeah, I, I get on there. I try to be disciplined with how much time I allocate to it. I get, I get on, I deliver a message and I try to get off. Um, just, I think it's, it's used, it can be used as a great tool, but like you said, it obviously it can be used as uh, something that's very detrimental to people as well. Um, I wanted to ask you uh, a bit about um, the success cycle uh -huh. and, and what prompted that and, and talk to us a little bit about what the book is and what your intention was behind it. So the book is designed to lay out that process, ambition, drive, hard work, to give people a roadmap of how our brand did it to go from a $8.25 an hour custodian to now a, you know, anywhere between, if you're doing me a virtual bit, I'll take it over between 2,500 to five grand for the hour. If I'm on stage, it's anywhere, between, it's anywhere from 10,000 and up, depending upon the audience, how long, where I'm going, et cetera. And, Again, like I tell you all the time, you know, I'm not, I'm a person. Like, you know, I, I, I'm a human. I make mistakes. I do errors. I have good days. I have bad. I have good days. I have bad days. But this process of ambition, setting your goals, being driven, you know, discovering your why, and being inspired over motivated, and being hardworking, focusing on yourself, not the competition, is what has helped our brand get to where we are today. So we did this book as a way to help show people they can have success, but they must look at themselves first. And I call it the inside to outside theory. What can you do better internally first than look at others from the outside second? Now, it's, it's, it's beautiful that you're mentoring people, uh, coaching people, and you do some executive coaching. Obviously, you're doing your speaking, talking with people. Has anybody that's been influential to you that's helped mentor you when you were down and that helped you kind of, you know, become inspired versus motivated? Oh, yeah. My, my coach, uh, Brad uh, Mitchell, who I met in 2018 March when I was at the NAPSA program, the National Association of uh, 
It's a Mass Association of, Play, of Players Advancement Science Training. And what we did was we went through a five-day intensive course of how to use our football lingo and how to put that into terms for corporate America. And that was huge for us. And once we were able to figure out how to do that and how to position ourselves and how to talk and how to be more of a strategist and a consultant and some of the words and some of the phrases, it showed me I had so much growth to do in the business. And without that program, I could be 100% honest, I'm not the person I am today because I don't know if I ever would have learned the business. And now I'm able to pick up on things so much faster. I'm able to process things, observe, you know, create a strategy, execute. I'm able to really create that sense of accountability in organizations. I know how to read people's patterns. And all that comes from learning at that program uh, by my coach and mentor, Brad Mitchell, uh, in the NAPSA group that, again, I went to in 2018, February. So it'll be, uh, wow, it'll be so all 19, all 20. So uh, it'll be two years, 19, all 19, all 20. So yeah, so yeah, it'll be two years coming up. Uh, I'm sorry, three years, uh, all 18, all 19, all 20. Yeah, it'll be three years coming up uh, in, um, in, uh, in March that you know, I went to that program. Now you talked about, and I, and I, I love this, actually made a YouTube video. Um, I, I said it a little bit differently, but uh, be driven, not motivated. I made a whole video on it. I, so I'm totally in alignment with what you're saying, be inspired, not motivated. Now, if, you, if you're, people are listening to this and they're hearing us talk, they're gonna be like, you know, Marcus, how do I get inspired? You know, how do I find something that lights me up. So I don't have to go to YouTube every day and, and, and watch a motivational video to get my ass out of bed to go to the gym or to come to work and be fully engaged. Because I think a lot of us, you know, uh, we live mediocre lives because we have a mediocre mindset and we haven't found that, that fulfillment, that purpose that drives us forward and propels us. So anything that you do to keep inspired or a, a game plan to help the, your clients get inspired? So they have to identify their why, Tizer. So if people don't know what their why is, they're screwed. So I'm going to tell you social media real quick. I see you're married with two young kids. So that's your why. So it could be a legacy for the, your two boys. It could be to give your wife the type of life she deserves. It could be, you know, because you want to set an example for the community. It could be all types of things. So for me, I always tell people you need to understand how to really focus on your why. And when you can do that, what happens is you're able to push no matter what you face. And that's what me, like my why when I started speaking was to help NFL athletes not go bankrupt like I did. Mm. And then I eventually figured out that not just NFL athletes have trouble, regular people in business. And when I realized and went back to my business analyzation of Caden, how I built the business, how it became an eight-figure company and what we did. I said, okay, I had a lot of success in business. But I had a lot of failure in business too. So how about I start doing some teaching to help people that are in corporate America that want to get better or want to move ahead or want to do whatever the case may be. So that's why I pushed through those 30 months of not having one paid job where versus where my construction company, I was just motivated by the money, had a lot of success early, and I burnt the fizzle out in the, on the candle because I wasn't really wanting to do it anyway. I was just trying to make money. 
And so now that I'm doing what I love to do, making a good career, helping people, consulting, all that, it to me is the perfect storm. But I tell everybody, if you think my life was easy to get here, you should really try that September start day of 2013 and really go through all those no's for two and a half years and go through all the things I had to learn, I had to readjust, I had to pivot and tweak because I was just not really poised in my new transition as a speaker, coach, author, and a consultant. Well, it says a lot about who you are and what you accomplished because 30 months for doing something, that's got to come from a place of inspiration to, to keep moving forward without giving up. Uh, so kudos to you for doing that, Marcus. Um, you know, I wanted to be in someone who's a professional athlete. Uh, now um, we can tell you're still in good shape, man. You can tell you're, you're, you're still, you're still rocking it. Uh, yeah. So um, I know I was looking, I was like, how do you get arms like that, bro? I was just like, you know, mine, I mean, come on, dude. That, that's what I don't want to show this on YouTube now. That was embarrassing. Uh, so uh, you know, but I want to, I want to ask you like, what are some of your success habits? Because, you know, I think that there's in people's daily routines, there's always keys to, to what, to help them move forward every day, you know, cause it, it, going back to your why is important, but there's also, it seems like there's certain routines people set up in their place to have a healthy body, healthy mind. It all kind of comes together. So what are your, some of your success habits? So for me, man, I'm a big person on going to the gym, Tizer, every day, every day work different body parts. I have, again, accountability. I have a workout partner. We're good friends. I've known for like the last almost eight years. We work out together. You know, he's 50, I'm 40. We push each other. He's a big lifting guy. So am I. And it keeps us accountable. So like, we don't want to miss, we don't want to lay each other down. Mm. Or if our schedules get different, we might have to do some things like something right, right now with my wife going back to work. I get there a little bit later. He's done his cardio. Um, we'll, we'll lift together. And then we'll go ahead and I'll do my own car and he'll leave. Or other ways around where, you know, I get there, he's already lifted, but he's going to go swim. So I'll swim first and then I'll go lift after that. They'll just kind of keep us accountable. And that's huge. And another thing I do is I have a huge inner circle. Well, I'll take it back. I have a small inner circle that I'm huge to communicate with to make sure I'm staying on track because we need to have the same alignment around a shared vision. And that's huge for us. And I'm also big into just spending a lot of time with family and balancing work and play. You know, I think that's huge and important. So those are a lot of my success habits, but the gym is first and foremost, and then my inner circle, and then balancing, you know, my work life and my family life. Is it important? I've got a, just a couple more questions. I know sure. we're running up on our time here. Um, but talk to us a little bit about your inner circle. Cause I, you know, I think that, you know, people don't pay attention enough to, you know, that whole Jim Rohn saying that your, your network is your net worth, right? And how has that helped to spur your success now as, as a speaker and as someone who's making an impact on others is surrounding yourself with like-minded people? Oh, I mean, it's everything, Tyson, because, for example, I have a speaking job coming up for Western Governors University next month when I go out to Salt Lake City. It's going to be in their studio, but it's going to be virtual for all their it's their 2021 opening commencement graduation. So they're expecting about 20,000 people between like all the kids and all the graduates that are watching because uh, the average age of the students of WGU is 35 years old. They're called the night owls because a lot of their people do work at night when their kids are in bed after they put them to sleep. So I'm talking about how to pivot, how to create a legacy, how to have an unbreakable mindset, things like good physiology, control your mental focus, Believe at your core, you deserve to succeed. 
So what I'm doing there is I got that job because one of my good friends, uh, Joe Salustio, has a podcast. I was a guest on his podcast. Like I'm a guest on yours. He then referred me to the president of WGU, talked with them, got in with them. Bam, here I am. Four months later, I'm their speaker. So your network is your net worth. If you're not cultivating relationships, and I just tell you all the time, sales is not transactional. It's relationship building and you build up enough trust with someone that they want to buy the products that you are selling. That's how sales should work. So absolutely, like Jim Rohn said, your network is your net worth. Yeah, perfect. Nailed it. Thank you. And um, Marcus, where can people connect with, find your book and connect with you? Uh, they can connect me on, uh, on my website, www.marcusmarquesogden.com or shoot us an email, marcus at marcusogden.com. Connect with us. Let's chat. Look forward to having a talk with you soon. I'm all about networking. Again, your network is your net worth. Good. Perfect. I will post um, all of Marcus's contact information in the show notes. So that will be there for everybody. So you can just scroll right down to the show notes, uh, hit his website. Um, I'll post his social media handles as well. Um, so you guys can find him there. It's YouTube, Instagram, and whatnot. I'm sure he puts out good content all the time. Um, Marcus, I just want to say thank you. Been a quick conversation, but it's been one that I learned from. I'm grateful that you came on. And uh, I just want to acknowledge you and say thank you for the good work you're doing to help people, motivate people, inspire people, and uplift people. Thank you so much for doing that. Thanks a lot, Matt. It's follows you on, uh, on, on uh, Instagram. I'll keep up with you, vice versa. Look forward to networking, brother. I'm to help each other out. Absolutely, dude. Thank you so much. Right. Have a good day, Tizer. You too, bro.